Hey guys, welcome back to the Lou Perez Podcast. My name is Lou Perez. If you want to support the podcast, please head over to theloupperez.locals.com and join the Lou Perez community on locals.com. I'm really happy to be joined by my next guest. Uh, he's a, a good friend in comedy. He's a hilarious comedian, awesome writer, producer. He does it all. His name is Ryan Long. Ryan, thank you for joining me. Fellas, fellas, fellas. You're on the locals. You went for locals though, huh? I did. I those did. guys are those guys are hitting it hard, man. That guy emails me like <laughs> once a month. How oh, do you really? like it? Um, I'm like it. It's new. It's new for me because I'd never done like a Patreon or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I really like it uh, in that the the people you know I only started not too not too long ago, so the people that are in it were were actually communicating every day. So it actually feels right. like it, it's actually doing its job of creating a community and. Um, I think, I think like with, with a lot of like Patreon stuff, the, it's people are so used to just supporting the artist and then just sort of waiting for the work to come out and then, you know, just right. watching it where with locals, like they can, they can post in the community. Right. They can post on the page, which I think is, yeah. is cool. Whenever you see those YouTube guys that are kind of just like printing cash and you're like, what's going on here? It's like, it's very, it's always back to the, like, we created a community. They created their own little country, you know, the like Logan Pauls of the world of these, right. <laughs> these guys. Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I mean, with everything going on, if it's like, I mean, it seems like that's just the necessary thing to do. I mean, the amount of people that I know um, that we're, we're Facebook friends with and I'll see posts for them, like, man, just came back from my 30 day, you know, stint in Facebook jail. <laughs> and, it, and it's almost like, and you're coming back. Like, why would you like, why, why do we do that? Why would we ever want to come back to something that is like, you know, it's like an abusive relationship where, oh, I said the wrong thing. So now my chick doesn't want to be with me for a month, you know? For sure it is. But I mean, the obvious answer to that is that, you know, that's where conversation takes place right now right it's right. if you're if you're banned from you know that's why this stuff that just happened is uh you know so the implications for it are so great because there's like you know if they remove you from twitter and facebook uh instagram all the main ones and now you're just you know best case scenario yelling into a void and bit shoot and you go, oh, well, you know, I can talk to my five people on this Discord server. It's like, okay, well, now we're taking that down. And it's, it's, you know, you mentioned like the 30-day jail, but to me, and I'm actually pretty, I was interesting to sort of hear your perspective, like the libertarian take on all this stuff. But like, to me, it's like, if you, you know, murder a guy in some scenarios, you do 20 years and you come out, you know, where there's like 16-year-olds that, you know, get carried away in some things, say some crazy stuff, and they're essentially banned for life. So you have a, you know, if these kids are 20, some of them might have a 80 year sentence of, you know, not being allowed to be part of public discourse. And to me, that's like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've definitely seen recent examples of that. There was um, that, that one girl, I forget what her name was, but Donald Trump, Donald Trump, there's that one girl yeah. named Donald Trump. Uh, oh yeah. Before we, before we talk about uh, Donald. Um, yeah. This girl, she was, a, I guess, a high school student. She had just gotten like her driver's license maybe it was a driver's, maybe it was a learner's permit. Like, I don't even know if it was like an official driver's license. And then she uh, made this little post and put it on uh, Snapchat. And she said the N word, she was a white, she was a white girl who said the N word. And some, I guess, classmate held on to that for a few yeah, years yeah. and then put it out and, uh, you know, essentially just kind of destroyed this, this young girl's life. 
uh, and the and the New York Times, I think, did a story on it as well. What was their so, story like? Justice served. <laughs> oh, it was something. I think the word they used was reckoning. There's right. like a reckoning here. And what was so wild was I think like maybe the week before there were all these people calling for um, this guy, this this man, this young man to be um, uh, taken off of death row. Um, this man who had been a part of a of a murder. It's like him and a and a and a group of other other kids like set this couple on fire, like set their car on fire, and he was on death row. And all these nice. people were like, yeah, all these people were like, look, uh, this is it's wrong to sentence sentence this man to death. And it's like I, I wish I could see a Venn diagram of the people who defended this dude to try to get him off death row and people who said like, yeah, I know this, these, this white bitch like needs a reckoning. Yeah. The hypocrisy Venn diagrams right now are almost like, it's one of those things. It's almost best not to think about at this point. Cause it just like hurts your brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they, I feel like there's people that, you know, were holding conflicting positions at some point, there was like some attempt to rationalize the inconsistencies where nowadays people are like, you're like, well, you didn't say that week last week. And they're like, yo, shut up. <laughs> like they don't even pretend to, you know, care about the fact of like being consistent in any sort of way. And it's crazy because now we have a digital paper trail. Like you can go back 10 years and be like, Hey man, I remember 10 years ago you said, you know, you said the Knicks sucked and now you're a Knicks fan. What's up with that? Whereas before it could just be like, Oh no, I never said that. There's no proof. There's no evidence. It's like, but you put your own evidence. But it feels out. like they still do that where they just go, <laughs> no, I didn't. And then you go, here it is. And they go, Nope. <laughs> they all do like the Donald Trump thing where you're just like, Nope, didn't happen. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. That's why I feel like with a lot of this stuff, I was kind of, I almost maybe cared too much for a second. Then I, you know, went back to, you know, just being a comic but when this stuff was happening, it's I feel like the thing that um, that kind of gets you fired up the most is when it feels like there's just so much gaslighting. You know, when it does feel like they're like, oh, so what? This happened. Oh, you know, whatever. You're making a big deal out of nothing. And it's like, maybe. But like, when, it, when you think about it, you go, no, this isn't nothing. <laughs> like, I've, And you go, oh, you're pointing out hypocrisies. That didn't happen. And you're like, I saw it. It, right. it really does feel like, you know, like you the, in the girlfriend analogy are saying, like, you you know, I saw you at the bar making out with this guy. And it's like, no, you didn't. Oh, stop it. You're such like, look at you. You're being like abusive and you're so toxic. And you're like, I saw it. And that yeah. does kind of feel start to feel like that with a lot of the stuff that's happening right now, which I feel like that's the part that kind of makes you, uh, you know, jazzed up about it. Yeah. And, and it's a thing, too, where nobody or some people at least can't give an inch. You know, and it's like there there are many times where um, where I'll be like on social media and I'll, and I'll put something out and someone will, will, you know, call me out and I'll be like, oh, you know what? I actually got it wrong there. My bad. You know, like, okay. like I I personally would feel embarrassed. Racism no. isn't good. You know, I actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. My autocorrect, man, messed it yes. up. Yeah. Women are capable to be doctors, contrary to my post three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Avidly against that. Uh, yeah. Um, but it but it's one of those things where, you know, people will have stuff up or will, you know, come and argue and make a number of factual errors, like within like the first sentence that I would be fucking embarrassed to have up there um, to, you know, to just have there in the world. I'd be like, Oh man, I can't believe I got that wrong. My, my bad. 
Uh, yeah. Let me try to let me try to fix that as opposed to, oh, I'm going to keep it up and then try to pivot into something else. Yeah, I get pretty stressed out when I screwed one up. I did a video recently, uh, not a couple months ago, but it was about a uh, morbidly body positive fashion photographer was the video. And I said that uh, uh, um, Seth MacFarlane voiced the role of Seth of uh, Stewie of a. Uh, Chris Griffin. And the idea was that should have been played by a fat guy, not Seth MacFarlane. And every comment was like, that was Seth Green that did his voice. And I was like, I like lost sleep over that. I was like, I'm stupid, 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 stupid. And you think, and you think of like, imagine, imagine the amount of, or, or the lack of integrity you need to have to be like someone working in the media, making a huge mistake and just yeah. like deleting your, <laughs> deleting your comment. Just or even just like the changing of stances, like you know, just even if the last little bit, like the people are like, Can you believe someone called for you know violence or some sort? And then there's right. like 80 clips of them being like, Burn it to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you crazy? Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> Anyways, the but the um as far as like the you know, the Twitter censorship and all that stuff, that's what I wanted to kind of hear your take on it because you know obviously this always goes back to the publisher platform thing and you know the there's everywhere everyone sort of has a you know catchphrase answer like oh they're a private company and they're comparing right. to the gay cake thing which i don't see that like as the same thing but how do you see this in like you know the the idea that these kind of companies colluded together you know deplatform someone and then you know in unison got rid of you know apps from the app store and all that stuff like how do you see that and what do you think should happen to know oh, that when, I've oh, taken over your podcast and I'm interviewing you? Oh, when you put it that way, <laughs> Ryan. Um, well, I, I think um, uh, a, a previous guest that I had, um, Phil Magnus, he's a, a, hist a historian and he's a really great follow on, um, on, on any platform. And I think it was Phil on Magnum back yeah. in the heat. <laughs> on, uh, on Facebook, he had a, he had a really good point, you know, where the, sort of like the, the more nuanced view is, you know, you, you have these platforms that like every day are contending with government officials who are basically saying, we're, we're going to, to take you over or we are going to make you bend to our will if you don't do X, Y, or Z. Like if, um, where you have, you'll have like- Like you see it kind of in, you know, you're going down the line of the idea that well, yeah, it's not really private companies when they're that entangled with the government and lobbyists and, you know, or, or they're being called in, like they're being called in to There's pressure from above to sort of, you know, do what they want you to do or else, you know, they're going to have these, these rules imposed on them. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the idea that, you know, um, you know, that, that, that they should be the arbiters of, you know, what's a fact and what's fiction that, you know, that, that they need to be dealing with, you know, they have billions and billions of, you know, of uh, segments of information coming in uh, every single, you know, day or week or whatever, and that they need to, it's their yeah, responsibility, it sides. you know, to say what's, you know, what's true and what's not, you know, on Facebook, man, like when I was um, doing stuff uh, with We The Internet TV, um, you know, there were a bunch of things that, that we put out there that got dinged um, because they had, I guess, like a political element to them as if we were, you know, supporting a candidate or something like that, or, or and it's like, which like, why can't you do that by the yeah. way? Oh, right. No, right. Yeah. Why, why can't you do that? But it's sort of like, 
the amount of things that get caught up in this uh, in this net when it seems like they're trying to to please a lot of people. They're trying to protect their ass. They're trying to protect yeah. you know their their investors. Um, but I feel also- like I'm a little less. Um, you know, I do understand the like you. Maybe I'm a little less like sympathetic to these like tech companies in the sense that I see. You know, I, I kind of agree with, I think as David Sachs said this, but essentially free speech got privatized, right? And now you have these five kind of oligarchs that that control, you know, the flow of information. And there's no repercussions, you know what I mean? They have this terms and service and essentially they can make decisions arbitrarily and there's no, you know, for example, like if you have a private business or a private, you know, company or whatever, like you still can't murder someone inside of that business. So, you know, people have rights and, you know, speech should be one of those to some degree. So, you know, the idea of like an online bill of rights, it's like, you know, there are still, you know, like most of these places still defer to like US law for, you know, you can't uh, make threats. And like, they didn't invent that idea that you can't make Mm. threats like that kind of comes from somewhere. So I think those are the negative rights or whatever, but the positive rights, I think should probably be factored in there too, if you want to be, um, you know, if you want to be a private company operating in that space. I think, yeah, I think that's interesting. And especially when you're dealing with, um, you know, these platforms that treat different countries very differently, like, of course, you know, right? that, like, like, you know, platforms that have helped oppressive regimes, you know, basically, you know, tamp down on political dissent. It's like, that those are the same people you're dealing with, except we are fortunate enough to, you know, to be in a country with some more protections than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, our censorship is just coming from a different place, but it's like, it is that the point you brought up is like one of the most confusing parts and why I think this was, you know, such a, you know, overreaction on, on these parts and especially the collusion. And again, there's, you know, public will and there's political will. So, you know, I do get your position to be like empathetic with this isn't one person of these companies. This is just killing like how the machines run at this point. But if you go, you know, like in America, it's like, okay, we're going to put this uh, information out. We're going to put this censorship and we're going to, uh, influence the election a certain way. Cause obviously if you're getting rid of Donald Trump, you're, you know, whatever, we're going to make our statement, but it's like other companies aren't going to, other countries aren't going to be down with that. It's like, you're going to tell the Ayatollah that like, Oh, two weeks before your term's done, we're going to like take you off Twitter. He's just like, okay, no more Twitter in our country. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this idea that we're going to take the free countries and, and start censoring them. It's like, so essentially just any other country that has any sort of like, you know, a stronger power government they're not going to allow fucking a bunch of goofs in silicon valley to decide what they say to their people and whether they deem it appropriate so it's like created it's going to create such a uh, mess that i feel like you know that there's no real solution out of this that's like free market um, kind of at this point at least I th- the way i, I see it I th- yeah i think you bring up a great point you know one, th- one thing i want to say is that i'm not I'm not so empathetic or sympathetic to the companies. You know, I was just you love them. Yeah. Well, well, you don't have to be <laughs> as empathy a to love somebody. On his fucking back. <laughs> uh, oh, you got to see my basement, man. He's all over that shit. Um, yeah, it's just but, like, like vintage, like Facebook stuff, and but, but <laughs> like you how know, people used to collect Coca Cola. That's you with like old school social media stuff. <laughs> oh, dude, I got my 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 MySpace bobbleheads and and all that. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, but I think I think I think you. I think you really paint an interesting picture because it's sort of like, uh, you know, these platforms are so beholden to all these other countries. And even with the, with the example that I gave, you know, them having to answer to those in power here, it's sort of a similar, sort of a similar thing. Um, And it, 
and it's just going to be I mean, it's going to be one of those things, just like we were talking about early on, about you know um, the hypocrisy, where you know the Chinese Communist Party is still going to pump out propaganda on Twitter, and people are going to be like, "What the fuck? What, yeah, you know what's going on?" Um, that I think a guy recently You're dox journalists just do whatever they want to do. I mean, and right. Twitter's not going to do anything about it, but it's you know here they feel like they can. Uh or not even feel like maybe they feel like they have to, you know, do this, but mm -hmm. it's like, th that's why there has to be some, in my opinion, it's like the same thing. Like the scary part about all this stuff is the like fear of having no, you know, it's like living in a country that, you know, to me, when you live in a country where it's like, what happens if you get caught stealing? You're like, it depends on like what the king's mood is. You know what I mean? And it kind of feels like that. It's like, well, what do you do if you're innocent? And you're like, nothing, you know, they're, they get rid of you. And if you're innocent, like, what do you, you, you find, you go to their box and appeal. So some guy could like reject it. <laughs> and on top of that, and this is, I guess, the part where it's like, at some point you just like realize uh, you can't do anything. And it's maybe that's what it is. It kind of reminds me of, you know, when, uh, like when canceling, like first started, really started hard and it would be like, okay, this guy got canceled for whatever or whatever, like maybe something with girls or something. And in the case that someone had been innocent, like you'd be the guy being like, I, I think everyone's wrong. Everyone just be like, shut up. No one cares. Like no, you, no one cares if they're in, like, no one gives a shit, dude. Like we're mm -hmm. happy that guy got fired and that's what it is. It feels like that with this, where it's like, everyone's just like, sweet. This is awesome. At least a lot of people. So the public will is like awesome, which always happens. So I, no one, no one cares. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to get sorted out by public will to, you know, fix this problem because people don't see it as a problem. They're like, yeah, we actually trust these people. So well, they align well, with us right now. Well, also um, I, I think it goes beyond that. I think, I think people like it. Like they, yeah, so, they love yeah, it. They love it. Like the fact that Donald Trump is no longer on Twitter, people love that because the people who hate him don't want him to be on there. Well, it's the equivalent of finding a guy that's a, you know, like a pedophile and then like, you know, getting everyone on board with the idea. Like, so you don't think we should kill this guy and be like, and then someone being like, I don't think you should kill the pedophile and be like, oh, you love pedophiles. And you're like, all right, you know what? Yeah, fine. Kill him. And then they're like, okay, now from now on, we can kill criminals. You know, it all kind of, you always find like a linchpin that everyone agrees with to sort of set precedents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's something, it's something where, um, where I, I always take notice of the people who, you know, sort of are, are taking the same culture of uh, free speech protections to the private sphere where it's like, look, I don't like this guy, but I still believe that, that he should be on this platform. Um, and that he should have even like a cultural protection of what he's, of what he's putting out. See, there. I, think I don't even, I'm even going like, you know, I feel like I'm proposing something that isn't even like free speech absolutist. I'm more saying that like people, they should be, of course, plat, you know, platforms should be able to kick people off, but it's, it's the idea that they all move in unison and then there's no way to, you know, there's no real clear, concise terms of what your rights are and what they're allowed to do and what your rules are like they're all very wishy-washy i mean we've all been there where it's like you post one video and it gets taken off and you're like what that video and then you post right. something else that seems pretty edgy and that doesn't come down it's like it all just feels very arbitrary and it probably is you know you have people mm -hmm. just you know they get complaints and they look at this so it's it's the like arbitrariness of something that has become you know the place that you know people spend five or hours a day on you know, the, the pub town square, as they say, or whatever. It's yeah. the idea that like that can be arbitrary. And I'm not saying it's a right. I don't know what it is, but it's the fact that that can be like arbitrary taken away from you. And it's like, 
fundamental part of what how everyone communicates and everything. It's like, I don't know, to me, it's something that needs to be uh, investigated. A lot of these places don't know what they're doing either. Like the government can't keep up with these tech companies. It's like, you, you see these, you know, government people grilling the tech companies. And it sounds like my dad, like asking me about, I don't know, fucking, oh. you know, how to, how, I can't think of a good example, how a Discord server works. And you, and you know, he's, I, it, isn't there bad spot there? And you'd be like, yeah, listen, you don't really understand how they work. It's just what it is. And so you go, and the same reason that like a lot of these big companies can exploit all these like tax loopholes is because they don't really know how to tax these companies because they, the thing changes so fast. It's a little bit of like the wild west. And I think that it, this is the same thing where it's like these companies don't, these places, these people in charge of regulation for the most part, don't even understand how these yeah. companies work, how they profit, like how this infrastructure works. And there's, they're in charge of like this problem of who gets to speak now. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and uh, a, cu a couple of things uh, on that. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I, that I noticed when they were having like congressional hearings and, you know, bringing in like Zuckerberg and, and other people like that is just how ignorant, you know, the government officials were. That yeah, were questioning like, these people. guys are idiots. Right? No, but, but then, but then what it made me think of is I was like, wait a minute, that's, this is just a congressional hearing on the internet, social media, Facebook, imagine Google. some other shit. Imagine all the other stuff. Imagine like that. Like there's somebody right now sitting. Yeah, because like, he has like a, a Facebook account at least. Some yeah, other yeah. shit. Oh yeah, like somebody. Yeah, somebody's you know uh, handling his um, you know his his online platforms. But now imagine like this. Per now you're gonna have a bunch of people talking about energy, a bunch of people talking right. about foreign policy, and it's like the same <laughs> yeah. amount of ignorance, right? Um, and, you know, just on... It, so they just look to consensus, you know? That's all they can really do and try to appease well, what the consensus well, is appears to be on their side, probably. Well, even look at, you know, look look what the, what the response has been when, when Trump was kicked off. It's like, it's like the same people that were angry with all the social media platforms for getting this dude elected are now cheering the, the same platforms for kicking him off. Yeah. And, and it's and it's like... It, it does. You know, <laughs> yeah, I got to say, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're saying like Facebook's like getting involved in politics and helping the other guy win or whatever. And now they're like, hell yeah, Facebook getting involved in involved politics, politics. <laughs> helping the other guy. Win, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I do. I do wonder because uh, I started. When did you start putting stuff on YouTube? Was that like right at the beginning or? Um, well, I've been, do, you know, like so I've been in America for like a year and three or four months now. But before that, I was making sketches the same as you forever. But I was like you in a lot of ways that I wasn't doing it on my own channel. I was I had a series at CBC and then I made some TV shows in Canada and I, I built up the video the video department for the hard so time. Unlike me, unlike me, you actually had commercial success. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I like what I was doing at the hard times and CBC, although CBC is like a bigger company, but in Canada, like it was similar. To, I, I think I think me and you were kind of like doing a fairly sk similar scope when we met, like the videos yeah. I was doing at like CBC and the hard times and the stuff you're doing at We The Internet, probably like somewhat similar budgets and, you know, kind of having like a decent amount of online success. I felt like we we're fairly in line in, in those videos. And then when I moved to America, I was like, OK, I'm just going to do this on my own channel. So probably about a year ago i started posting like just on doing the the same thing i've been doing before it's which is i right. assume like kind of what you're planning on doing as well is just i did it for my own channel yeah 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 well well um, i bring that up because uh i don't remember 
you know, what I signed or what the agreement looked like <laughs> the first time I posted something on YouTube. I have no, no. clue, but I think and they can change it. Like they well, can well, change that, it willy nilly. <laughs> that's what I was just, that, that's what I was just about to say. I wonder if there's a case to be made where it's like, look, when you're talking to like a creator, or like some of these like real mega, you know, mega, mega YouTubers who have, you know, billion, like a billion fucking views. And it's like, wait a minute, uh, this material I made before this change, you know, like I didn't agree. Well, they've had that. Change. That was the big thing at Patreon, wasn't it? Like that was the big case against Patreon uh, essentially is that they changed their terms of service and were, you know, adjudicating based on the new ones that people didn't sign up for kind of thing. I think, I think what you just outlined has been a lot of court cases. Do you have any idea what, how those turned out? Or? No, <laughs> <laughs> I think that Patreon won though. Cause I, I think there was like an Owen Benjamin one. And I think that he won the case that like allowed him to sue them or something. And then I don't know, maybe they settled. I bet you a lot of them settle. That's I'm going to mm -hmm. go with that. Okay. <laughs> um, I, you know, just on the, on the Trump thing, uh, uh, again, it, it's sort of like everyone's cheering. Yeah, he's gone. Um, but a lot of crazy shit has happened and there's still a few more days to go. I'm just thinking like, I would probably, I want to know what that guy is thinking. I want to know right. what, what's going on. And he still on. can do his press conferences and he has the POTUS account. And the truth is like people to some degree wanted blood and a lot of it. And, but there's just, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I understand the idea that like, this is what people, the will of the people wanted that, you know, at least a fucking lot of them. And, but there's just a reaction that's appropriate. And, you know, that's why we have laws. And may, what was the rejection that was appropriate? I think potentially if Twitter said, you know what, we're going to uh, block his account for like a week and a half. It might have been like, you know, people would have been mad and this and that, but it wouldn't have been like a precedent that like changes the way that everything happens. Whereas like now it's like, hey, every social media platform is going to ban him. And if he wants to go to talk somewhere else, we're actually going to remove them from the app store. And it was like, you're like, this is crazy. Yeah. It's like no. straight up monopolistic, you know, they have a monopoly on speech and they're working, you know, they're colluding together. It's like, when you talk about the gay bakery thing, I mean, the biggest, to me, the biggest factor when you're dealing with like, you know, discrimination or any sort of, you know, whether you can serve someone or not. I mean, obviously there is one part of like, what what you make and if it's actually a departure from what you make but the second part of it to me is how easily can you access access an alternative mm. you know so if you go when you're talking about the cake thing for example if you go there's 20 other bakeries in on this block you know and and you specifically came to this one and whatever and you're like you know it doesn't seem like just from a strict perspective like if it was talking to your friend you'd be like okay like i understand you want to teach them a lesson or whatever but there's 90 other bakeries or whatever right. but if you know if if someone said listen there's 10 other bakeries on this block we're all gonna you know we're all in this group together and we don't serve this person and then someone else says well i'll open up a bakery to save serve gay rights and then the landlord's like no i'm not going to give a lease to someone who wants to do that it's like at that point you know, that to me is like somewhat more similar to like what the situation is. Mm -hmm. No, no, I hear you. The, the ability to have uh, to have choices in the matter and, and access to other. Well, that's um, becomes a monopoly at that point. Right. I mean, it's the whole to me, that's kind of like, I guess, what would be more in line with like how you think if you're going to point out like the problem is it's like, you know, a, a unelected oligarchs have a monopoly on speech right now. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and also, I mean, I've I've been dinged how many times for for hate speech, 
Um, right. And it's, it's always like, talking shit about the white man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've been, and, and it's like, I, I, I would definitely prefer if these uh, platforms were adhering strictly to, you know, the amendment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The first amount that would be, I think that would be terrific for, for me in my life. Um, yeah. You know, because you, you even think about, it, I mean, the amount of uh, people that have been kicked off and it's like, it's not like they've been, you know, yeah, and every country really has charged. their own version of that. And then, yeah. you know, that would be to me somewhat of a simple way um, period because like, yeah, like I said, like every country has their version of that. You're allowed to block people, you know, there's right. that part of it. And that sort of solves worldwide what the thing is it's, you know, countries are allowed to set their speech terms and then, you know, social media can operate within the limits of what the government sets their speech terms as and that 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 becomes like a cultural conversation of what those are what will you um as opposed so, to like an arbitrary decision made by like a couple fucking people right well, well you know you, you talk about you know you you're you're coming from uh from canada maybe we could talk a little bit about um speech in canada or lack thereof but also yeah. but also what is like um you know the stuff that you're doing here in the US, does that leave you open to any prosecution? Or I don't think so. But in, also, in like, you know, I, you know, and I tweeted that thing that kind of like went viral. I don't know if you saw that, which, which like, one? I, I immediately regretted. I'm like, stop tweeting serious stuff. It was like the first time I've done it in like six oh, months. Oh, wait, ago. I think I know. What I you said did. that like, I moved I, from I, a country that yeah. didn't have speech to a country that used to have free speech. Yeah. I was like, dude, my whole Twitter was people arguing for like two <laughs> days straight. And it was just like, dude, there's all these like famous people like, oh, I can't remember her name. Like, Patricia Arquette was like yelling on my wall, dude. It was, it was wild, and I was like, "Stop this, Ryan! Like, is, you don't like stop it. It's not like what I want to do." You got Patricia Arquette riled up, man. Yeah, I, I, so I don't. I I have like a no arguing on the internet policy, and I still never argued, but it was a little. I I kind of regretted tweeting that, but um, the truth is, like you know it didn't it doesn't really actually affect you for most normal people so but canada you know it just all is a line like america it's not so much the law of free speech it's like the culture that of freedom that kind of comes with it so in canada the the thing that actually started to hit people really hard was there was a human rights tribunal that if you say the if you say something bad about someone or a group or whatever like that that they can you can be fined by the human rights tribunal so mike ward got fined five fifty thousand right. dollars by talking about some kid and i mean for 90 percent of people 99.999 percent of people like they'll never you know reach those margins one way or the other and when they choose to prosecute like there's usually you know some political will about it but it's it's like it's the downstream effects of like those precedents that you know seeps into everywhere and when you talk about like um that guy like that mike ward guy he's pretty popular right so whatever it became like a publicity thing for him to some degree the same as like how jordan peterson you know was kind of fighting the fact that if you call someone the wrong pronouns you go to jail or whatever right but then those became you know a part of their fight and whatever whereas like but there's also like a few people that were just like some comic that said the wrong thing on a show and he actually did get fined like 50 grand or something that's just like some bar back that does open mics so there are you know cases and no one cares about those right so there is a whole component of it but like the truth is like it's not like you know whatever you feel like you're stifled speech wise but again like you know things weren't as tumultuous in those days either right like you know it used to be before it'd be like you know was your joke too edgy but and but it, but now it's like is your political opinion the wrong thing like since like 
you know, the what since the allowable speech got like politicized, it's a lot testier right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, well, um, that's a great segue into a question that came in for you, Ryan. Um, <laughs> not gay, is not the answer. Oh man, <laughs> this guy's going to be so upset. It was one that. summer. And, <laughs> and this woman is going to be upset anymore. too. Um, let's see. Have you received pushback, personal or professional, from making videos on controversial topics? Uh, yeah, <laughs> obviously. And I could have answered that question too. <laughs> yeah, no, of could have been, you could have addressed that to me. <laughs> Yeah, you've had the same thing. You, yeah, you've had your article about it that you re recently. Yeah. Um, yes, um, all all over, you know. But the but the truth is, it's like I said this before, but the ninety nine percent of the people that are mad like work in the entertainment industry. So you know, whether it be like comics or journalists, like normal people, just think I'm funny. Like they don't. And again, right. I don't, I don't say I'm on the left or the right. I just say I'm like a comedian. I think I change issue to issue. And those words change so much that it's hard to even like keep up with what their sides thinks these days. But um, th the pushback all comes from people that have an agenda and a lot of people don't. And so I have, when you go to like watch my shows, it's just a bunch of normal people and they don't care. And they're like, what? I thought it was funny. So even when the comedians, I'll see some comedian getting like super hyped up posting like Ryan Long's bad, this and that. And I'll be like, just so you know, like 10 of your close friends like message me saying my stuff's funny. <laughs> like, right. So, I, and normal people, you go to a comedy club, they don't care. It's just, there's this like extra layer that people want to add into the mix where they sit, you know, you go to the comedy club and it's a contract between you and the audience. Like you make jokes with that you, your conscience feels good about and they'll laugh whether they think it's funny or not. And they want to add a third level of themselves, you know, this like elite class that gets to watch that and be like, yeah, I know that you made the joke and they laughed, but I'm going to come above and say, yeah, that shouldn't happen. And you're like, yeah. well, everyone seemed fine with it. And you're like, well, they, they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, my, uh, a, a friend of mine, he describes Hall monitor it, class. Oh uh, yeah. A, a friend of mine describes it as it seems like over the past few years, a bunch of people who hate comedy have tried getting into comedy. Like they've tried to infiltrate <laughs> yeah. it. And, 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 you know, I, I was on a, um, on a panel, I think, I think it's supposed to air at some point, um, this month. Uh, and a question that I, they also uh, hate uh, competition, you know, they hate like, you know, they think that, whatever people actually like they're wrong and it should be sort of manufactured. Mm. Um, and it, it, it made me just question like, you know, what is it that people want when they go to a comedy show? Like if you go to a live comedy show, what is it that you're trying to get? If you put on a, um, you know, a, a feature film, that's a comedy. Like, what is it that you want? I know what I want. Which I is want, what? I want to, I, I want to laugh. I want to have an uncontrollable reaction to something yeah. that I that I saw. And, and for like, a lot of people, it's not even that deep. Some people it's like, I wanted um, an event to go to because I have a date tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not even thinking like, oh, I hope this is funny. They're thinking, oh, you know, I guess we could go to a movie or a comedy club. Like it's, it's nothing for a lot right, of these people. Right. It's yeah. like, and if, you know, that's for like comedy fans are like, oh, I want like a catharsis laugh that I couldn't, you know, control. And that'll be a spirit you know that's there's some something great about that and for a lot of people it was like ah what do you want to do tonight you know on our date you know okay you want to go to the bar tonight yeah you want to go to the freaking uh the stand first and watch a couple comics that seems like an event like yeah. some people it's not even as complicated as like they want to laugh they just want something to do well also i think with the um you know with the popularity of of podcasts you know i've, I've seen like a lot of a lot of comedy specials come out and 
you know, not every common comedy special is like a masterpiece, but, (laughs) but (laughs) obviously, um, but watching some of them, I'm like, Oh, I could see like, this is a really likable person that has a really big following and people want to watch him or her for an hour. They want to, they want to hang out with that person for for an hour it's sort of like totally it's an experience especially yeah. once they're your fans so that's the difference between the yeah going to see someone that you're a fan of versus like here's the comedian but uh definitely when you yeah i i remember that when i was like younger and i i did like a tours with like guys like steve-o and and like some of the jackass guys and the guys who did um uh what's that movie where they're cops super troopers i think yeah yeah, yeah. some of those movies where it's like they almost like weren't really comedians even at the time but it was right. like People just were pumped to like see them. And I felt the same way when Tom Green first kind of started doing stand up again. And I was such a Tom Green fan. I remember, and I just started doing stand up. And I remember watching it and being like, you know, he clearly kind of didn't know he wasn't that great at stand up. He was pretty new and he was just like doing a lot of rap songs and talking to the crowd. And I left being like, yeah, that rule, dude. Like, you know what I mean? I was just like sick to see him. Yeah, I got to see, I got to see Charlie Murphy up on, um, oh, what's that place on the Upper East Side, like 80th and, I don't know. It's like Second Avenue. Is it the comic stand of New York? No, it's it's. I think it's comic strip. It might be. Oh, okay. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just but, shut down. But I got I got to see I got Thanks to see Charlie Murphy there a long time ago, and um, and I I thought I mean I thought he was just like his brother Eddie. You know I thought oh I go to see this guy he's a seasoned. <laughs> You know, he's, yeah. you know, he started stand up when he was really famous already. But that, and that's when I saw him. That's when yeah. I saw him. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't. I bet you it was a lot of big act outs. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> I all remember he was talking about, I, I just remember one thing where he was like, when he doesn't, if he forgets to cut his toenails, he has to fuck <laughs> with his socks on. <laughs> I love it. I, mean, I love crappy black comedy. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Uh, I, I remember uh, me and Ian Finance were just talking about this, the idea that, because we're always like, oh, do you remember this like on Def, Def Jam? And I'm like, I'm super into those old Def Jams. He goes, yeah, yeah. this is how much cooler black culture is. He's like, there is not two like hood dudes right now having a discussion about like some old evening at the improv clip. <laughs> like, <laughs> you remember that Ray Romano joke? Like, right, right. You know, the way we are talking about their stuff. But, but I, remember, I think it was Marlon Wayans or Damon Wayans, one of the Wayans brothers, like one of the, like the, the youngest one. Okay. And, he did a new special and he comes out and he's got like, you know, they're always decked out in like really cool clothing. And he starts within two seconds. He was like, you know, when you're at the club and you like really getting on the floor and he start, he was within like a minute, he was on the floor, like humping the floor. And you're just like, Oh, this guy's got nothing. He right. has no jokes. We're a minute into the special. He's rolling around on the ground. <laughs> this guy is killing time. Well, dude, I mean, I mean, everybody knows hamburger. I mean, that I, I mean, whatever that act is, uh, when I, when I was living in LA, I got to do, um, a few black rooms. Uh, one of them was at a I club. Love it. One of them was at a club called the J spot. And that, that was really nice. cool. Good and that, that, that was a legit, legit club. Then the other ones were at a, it was basically an Englewood and in Englewood, they didn't have bars. They had drinking, they had, um, I forget they call like drinking houses or something like that, or they <laughs> They, they were like private clubs, private drinking establishments. Okay. So, so this guy, uh, Dwight Beverly, um, he had uh, Dwight Beverly's comedy splash. So I was Love one, of, I was like, you know, like the one, you know, one or two like white, you know, white people on it. And what was, well, I mean, it, it's already like a tough room, but I think they like kept the music on 
the whole time while <laughs> while we're trying to go and people are just bullshitting with one another and yeah stuff. and and i mean i forget what my opening was i think it was opening like i want to thank dwight for adopting a white boy or something like that yeah yeah something like and that and then you got... obviously went into you know white people drive like this black people drive like this oh yeah yeah no 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 white people don't drive we uber that's what you I, see there's yeah. black people and then there's <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. the chris rock uh... yeah well yeah i mean i I don't know if I was trying to do my my Richard Pryor at, at the time. You ever be looking around at white people and shit? I be driving <laughs> and shit. Oh my god, that's pretty good. Damn, Jack. Yeah. So uh, that's a good. Can you do impressions in general, or is that you just do a Pryor? I I think I could do a few. Um, oh, but, what a skill! I can never. But but I I think I always do like a version of them. Like I gotta like for me to do Pryor, I have to I have to add and shit. After it's, it's all half of it's like saying the word. Yeah. yeah. Like Damn, finding Jack. Yeah. yeah, I'm usually I can find the words, but I can never get anything else. And then even if I do have it, even when impressions like I want to do a Russian accent, which is very easy in one of my jokes. And it would be like I would get through like one sentence and I would just be like, lose it completely. I'm yeah. so bad at act. I'm notoriously bad at accents. Like I've, I've done um, I've done bits where I'm obviously channeling George Carlin. Like I'm obviously okay. trying. Yeah, you to got do a little bit of that. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a, I need more stuff. Like you know, sort of that. You know, sort of Carlin. <laughs> um. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, you know, he's been. Uh, well, there's two things, but the first one, I don't know if you saw, but like Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, he's like super based on Twitter right now. He's well, like constantly out there. Like, well, I just saw the, the one. Fight. I just saw the one quote or something like about cancel culture. And he's always coming out. Yeah, <laughs> Bean's fighting the fight. Well, it's a, this is one of those things. This is one of those one of those issues too. Kind of like you know people getting thrown off of of social media where people are like oh I thought well, you were gonna say buildings for being gay. What buildings for being gay? He said people getting thrown off and I said oh oh, oh no oh, I'm I'm gonna talk about ISIS at the uh, this a little later on uh, today, but um you know, still on Twitter by the way I don't know if that's true. <laughs> But, you know, you have these people who are like, well, you know, it's the free market and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they really don't mean that. Like, there's no way that they would actually defend that for if it was somebody <laughs> that, 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 else, that they yeah. like. But but like with, with Rowan Atkinson and I didn't I only saw one of the like um like one sentence or something that he put out there just about the dangers of cancel culture and people like, oh, yeah, like Mr. Bean has something to worry about. And it's like, you motherfucker, like, 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 is that what you say to Colin uh, Kaepernick? Oh, yeah, you really have to worry about police right. brutality, rich guy. It's I like, mean, they do some of them. So <laughs> you are it's, right. It's, 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 to be fair, like be fair. they do. Yeah, I, I actually think he, uh, Kaepernick, uh, Kaepernick was arrested a, a little while, um, some years back when he was still playing. Really? He was like charged with something. I think he, I oh, think maybe he, that's he how it started. In, but yeah, there is there is no shortage of hypocrisy on the other side as well. But because yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is. But you're right. They the same people might say that to like LeBron James. The same. But but the same thing as to Mr. Bean. But it, it is. But to be fair, Mr. Bean's probably like let's say. You could look at it two ways, right? One is Mr. Bean is saying that cancel culture is bad. I'm not say saying it's bad for me. Because there's one thing right. when like LeBron James kind of says like, you know, this is a problem for the black community and this and that. But it's kind of another thing when he says like, I'm worried for my life. And you're like, I, I even me, I'm like, are you yeah. though? Right. But when he says other people are, and I'm, you know, I'm a voice for these people, I get that. So I think there's something, nothing wrong with the, being like a voice for people, even if you're, aren't your person, you aren't personally, right. uh, you know, affected by it. Well, yeah. I mean, well, well, people are always like, you know, uh, you know, celebrities should just shut up unless they agree <laughs> with me. Then, in which case, they're like, yeah. yeah in which case, know, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Power doing. to the people. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, One of my favorite um, Mr. Bean joke of all time is probably, I, I think this is, you know, Simpsons, there's like those ones that are, you know, just timeless. So one would be, you know, with Simpsons, it would be a free consultation, no money down. And then he <laughs> says, and then he goes, Oh, I'm here for my free consultation. He goes, Oh, there are some typos. It's supposed to say free consultation, question mark, no exclamation mark, money down, exclamation mark. <laughs> You're like, that's so funny. And, that, and that's your favorite? That's one I, that's up there, top 10 for me. Wow. And then the bean one is so Mr. Bean's at the window. The bean ones are hard to do because he doesn't speak, but right. he, he's at the window with his girlfriend, right? And they walk by this uh, girl. She's on, you know, there's a painting of a girl with a ring, right? It's like a ring store. And Mr. Bean looks, and Mr. Bean's girlfriend looks at it and she goes, you know, like she wants the ring and he goes, oh, I got it loud and clear, right? So then they're opening their Christmas present the next day. She opens it up and it's the picture of the girl, girl getting handed the ring. And at this point she goes, you know, she starts crying and he goes, oh, I don't know what's wrong. And then he goes, I know what's wrong. And then he pulls out the ring case and hands it to her. And she goes, oh, you did get me the ring. And she opens it up and you pull out the ring and it's the ring to hang the poster on the wall. <laughs> Nailed it. My, 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 my favorite bean, Mr. Bean one is uh, he goes to a, he goes down to a beach and he made the mistake of not getting changed into his swim trunks. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> upstairs. So he needs to do it down at the beach, but there's a oh, guy. That sounds like a calamity. <laughs> there's a guy right next to him, right? So he's like really embarrassed because he's going to have to get like naked in front of this guy. Yeah. But what he ends up doing is like a really brilliant physical comedy routine of putting on swim like a kind of I like remember a, a, this putting on like a speedo this. and he pulls putting, it off by the end yeah 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 so it, and he manages to get his pants out <laughs> of his speedo and he's all happy and then you know we cut to the man and then the man gets up and he has a cane and he's blind and he walks away <laughs> It was great. It was great. <laughs> Mr. Bean is 10 out of 10, dude. Yo, you know what? You know what's uh, guys the best. You know what's awesome? And uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh <laughs> it's a it's a show, it's like a claymation stop, I guess stop motion called uh Sean the Sheep. No, and I think I think it's the same people who sounds do, like uh, all these people putting masks on to me. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what's that about, about man? Do you believe it? How Fauci? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but but it's a it's a kid show uh sean the sheep uh but it's like in that sort of uh what's the name the the gromit well what's the, the yeah yeah i know the like gromit cooper that. but it's gromit. really it's really funny like it's like some really good um smart like slapstick a lot of those kind of like kids shows have some really friggin' funny writers on them yeah well you know i was gonna cuomo uh do you see the cuomo thing recently this is another funny one for me. So, you know, Andrew Cuomo, the New York governor came out and he said, we need to open New York back up. We can't financially be closed this long. It's going right. to devastate our economy or whatever. And it was like, this is something that if you said, you know, publicly six months ago, you're like losing your job and friends essentially. Right. And now the governor is coming out and it's like, it's kind of that thing with the hypocrisy. And again, there's nothing wrong with changing your opinion if you're wrong or whatever, or, you know, but like to not address it, to just kind of say, to act like you haven't been the, you're like, you're the reason they're closed. Right. <laughs> He's mm -hmm. like, whoever's in charge of this thing needs to open this puppy back up. And it was like, for the last eight months, you've been like fighting tooth and nail and calling people, you know, bad that are opening their places up and this and that. Mm -hmm. and, you're, 
And it's like, at least, you know, at least try to rationalize it so other people that follow you can sort of rationalize it themselves because otherwise they're just, you, you could say something, even politically, you could say, you know, we've been doing our, our what we can to stop the spread and, you know, the things near. And at this point, I think we're close enough that we should start. It's like they're just spin yeah. it in a way that doesn't make you look like we're moronic. <laughs> right. Right. Well, moronic, but also like just in incredibly cruel too. Also you know, that too. It's, yeah. It's, it's just the, the amount of, you know, the amount of places that have just been, that are gone forever. I liked know? that take. It was the, I mean, a million people have said this and that's, it's like not a hot take, but the idea of like, you know, when Trump got off, it's like free businesses can do anything they want. It's like, well, why can't they open then? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Except <Right>. open. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I was going to ask, uh, you know, you've been making a lot of, you know, political, you know, political videos, man, I've been doing the same thing, you know, I like to think of it, what I do is cultural, cultural, that I was going to, I was going to add that in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah more cult, cultural honest. stuff. Um, and, uh, I've had this, I've had this, this fear that come that, you know, sort of crawls up every now and then, but, uh, of like, oh man, am I going to be stuck? Like just doing this kind of stuff for like ever, am I going to be like the, you know, the, you know, making stuff about you know politics and culture where i you know a lot a big part of me wants to do and more you don't narrative do stuff that? right not not forever i mean i definitely want to do well you could go atlas shrug style and make uh, your propaganda piece <laughs> oh yeah yeah i can't wait that uh, who is lou perez instead of who is john john galt um but it's a thing where it's like do, do you ever you know do you ever feel like uh getting pigeonholed uh into doing this stuff no, I, I don't know. I don't really feel like that because right now it's all intertwined. I mean, it's right. it's very difficult to, you know, just look at whatever Chappelle or um, any, you know, huge comic Burr, whatever it is. It's like these topics are impossible to not talk about right now. Yeah. And there's also a difference between like the space of the internet and the space of, you know, broadcast TV or movies or whatever that have like a different people are, you know, consuming them in a different way. And it's, if you're not, if you're not like talking about something that's like somewhat relevant on the internet space, it's, it's, it's tough to sort of, you know, get anyone's attention. And I do talk about lots of different topics, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, everyone has probably the like five or six things they talk about, but culture is, just like one of them but you can you know like south park you could say that or are they pigeonholed into talking about politics and mm. it's like well yeah a little bit but it's they also can do a bunch of other stuff too so yeah. i think you know like i do on the street interviews that i release and a ton of those are about like nothing you know and there's some of them have like an undertone some of them don't and my stand-up some of the jokes have an undertone some of them are just about you know like fights with a girlfriend or whatever like i i don't really uh, find the pigeonhole but if you're doing like sketches on the on twitter and youtube with like the extent the with the intent to like go viral in like a shareable way there's got to be some like vein that you're tapping into mm -hmm. there's also something yeah. to do with the idea that a lot of people like me and probably didn't necessarily choose to talk about this stuff but it's been like imposed upon you mm. so if there was a point where you know like Right now, when it's like, okay, there's a very like important cultural, you know, war going on and the industry is a certain way and they're very against another thing. And there's this whole thing going on. So if you, it, it, you, you actually can't participate 
in the like traditional way. So it's like, in some ways, this counterculture has been something that, you know, happened regardless of like what you want to do. So you're like, Oh, I'll just go talk about nothing, you know, just random stuff. And they're like, okay, good luck with that. So Mm. to some degree, it's like, if this is a place where, you know, these issues don't seem like important to me anymore, then in that case, that feels like the world's gotten to somewhere where it won't matter anymore. And then everyone can move on. But while these, while this stuff is also important, it's very difficult to like not address like the elephant in the room. And I think like any good kind of like comedian or anyone that's like involved in like cultural commentary probably can't avoid these like huge elephants that exist. So I probably would want to talk about other stuff, but this stuff kind of has to get sorted out first and us get to like a place in society where people are a little like calmer for someone to come out and just, you know, talk about something completely normal without like a huge, enormous industry push. Yeah. And you, um, you tweeted something a while back and I forget what it was exactly, but it was sort of like, um, it was in regards to like you're not having a political alignment, but being more of looking around and seeing the people coming after your friends. And it's well, yeah, like- I think what I said is like a lot of times, cause you know, you know, how it used to be like everything I disagree with is a Nazi. Mm. It sort of morphed into everything I disagree with conservative and then conservative right, Nazis. Right. So they like to, the, people like to, you know, stake their space of what they think is like the acceptable opinion to be, which for them would be like left wing. And then, you know, it's the step two is cast everyone out that, you know, doesn't agree with, you know, the cathedral's list of things. Right. Mm. So it kind of feels like, but what I, what I said was people would say, well, why do you seem to be like poking fun of the left more? And it's like, well, because you're like the group that seems to have like waged war on me and my friends. Yeah. Yeah. And with like, I don't see a lot of, you know, I do see Christians in some cases and people on the right getting mad at me, but I don't see the, like, the you know like these people like to talk about like institutional power or whatever but it's like but those people don't have the power to have me like removed from you know whatever the industry because it's a you know hollywood's a liberal industry and and you know kind of cultural media is a liberal industry and it's like i happen to take place in those and i also grew up in this right so it's like if right. i grew up in Alabama or whatever. I don't even know references in America good enough to make the right one, like some super religious area of Texas or whatever. Maybe I would be, you know, kind of against that more because that would have been like the authoritarian force that's telling me what to do. But in my specific industry in entertainment, doing comedy, there's one side that seems to be telling me what to do a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I describe cancel culture. They're basically telling you to turn your back on people you love who have treated you well uh, in exchange for people who will eventually treat you like shit and try to get rid of you. And <laughs> That's it's like, what always happens. You yeah. know, it was the same, mm-hmm. you know, again, I was, I remember in Canada, it was the same way the other way 15 years ago. So it's like, that's why I kind of try to focus on like people. Even when I do the videos where I'm trying to say like, these two people are the same. I'm always more concerned about uh, the person than I am the like, who's the idea of right or wrong when I'm talking about, like I'm talking about the type of person that does this and what's their motivation yeah. and how do you get involved in these D- things and become this person. And and I'm more concerned with like that psychology and sociology than I am concerned with like who's right or wrong in a lot of ways. Dude, I think, yeah, I, I really think that's the key. Like um, if anybody's looking to approach, you know, cultural, political uh, uh, subjects from a comedic lens, it's like, it's like, yeah, going after the, the actual policy. It's like, mm, what's more fun is playing that person, you know, and seeing and understanding them properly. Right. I think, you know, you see this on both sides, but it's like, 
like I think one of the problems with comedy is people are making fun of things they don't understand. Oh, like, amen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, this when someone's making fun of Trump, it's just like, oh, I'm stupid in this. And, you know, and someone's making fun of, uh, you know, I'm, I think there's 85 genders and I'm whatever it is, you know? And it feels like you don't understand them where it's like, I think I, I kind of feel like I try to like know why they think what they think and why they think what they think. Then I can like write them like real people. You know, sometimes I'm, you know, doing it over the top, but, you know, I try to write like dialogue that to some degree, like lets people know that like, it's like, you know, when I used to make stuff with the hard times, it was about music or whatever, right. but you can tell when a musician's making those sketches or when someone who's not a musician is making those sketches, mm -hmm. you know, people can tell the difference, you know, yeah. Fred Armisen can make Portlandia because he understands these people. So I think one of the thing that a lot of people these days are missing is like an understanding and like ability to like empathize with the position of the, like their targets. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I see it all the time when people try to dunk on libertarians, especially with jokes. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yo, why don't you just have me write your fucking joke for you? Yeah, you'd probably yeah. be able to do it better, right? <laughs> well, well, I'm, uh, well, like one of one of my go to jokes for libertarians is like, you know, libertarians, um, the only thing libertarians uh, are upset about the Holocaust is that it was performed by the state, and not the free market. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's like, it's like I'm, you know, I'm in it, man. So I, you know, I, I get it. But um, what's the what's the libertarian sort of uh, like the what's the big like generalization is that you're because I someone said this about comedians the other day and I I posted it, but someone was like, oh, I was posting some comedian. They're like comedians are such fucking drama queens, and I was like, <laughs> pretty true. But I feel <laughs> like someone said that about like kind of libertarians too, where it's like they're so over dramatic. Yeah, I think. Well, I think for a lot of libertarians are just sort of uber rational. Oh, and, there's, just, and then there's that like autistic stereotype. Where you know, like there's wrong. there's that thing where it's where it's just like like one of the one of the greatest fucking things uh, that ever happened is I posted a joke about vaccines on fa on Facebook, right? So okay. I had all my all my uh, followers who are anti-vax come on and start talking about autism and all this stuff, and then all my autistic libertarians came on to battle them, and like. <laughs> And look, if you're getting into an argument, you do not want to fuck with people where their whole thing is rationalism and facts. So it was just like a bloodbath of like autistic libertarians destroying anti-vaxxers in the comments. You know, you were talking about you were talking about how, uh, you know, people saying, well, if you don't if you're making fun of this, you must be conservative. And, you know, I found that all the time on, you know, we the Internet videos, people like calling me like a conservative comedian to the point where I found myself sort of like defending conservative comedy. And I'm like, but wait a minute, I'm not even a fucking conservative, but it's like when I, when I hear the charge so much, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I sort of get like, all right, well, let me start defending and it. And where, so, where did you grow up? Uh, New York in Queens. Right. So you, you know, it's the same as like, I grew up in like the uh, right around Toronto and it was like, you know, I grew up in a liberal metropolitan, like, you right. know, playing bands and stuff. I mean, I didn't think like crazy about this stuff. I went through a, you know, obviously I was like a punk dude, like kind of got into politics and I had my like university phase where I was, you know, into this and that, but like to some degree, it, it was like, you obviously just knew, you know, the like stuffy conservatives were kind of, you know, telling you what you can say. And then the liberals were kind of like the cool ones. That was just right. how I grew up with what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a hatred, but there, you know, the conservatives were the ones like cracking down on, uh, you know, speech to some degree of like, oh, the sex and music videos are too bad. I remember Bill O'Reilly, I watched him talking. Um, I remember I seen this recently. He had the insane clown posse on. 
And essentially, Bill O'Reilly was saying the exact same thing the liberals say now, like to a fucking T. He was like, you know, is this is worse for society? Like these ideas shouldn't be allowed to be heard, and are, are why, you know these are harmful to people's minds who have heard them? And uh, do you think this? Don't you think that art should have like a purpose to make people whatever? What all the jargon that you hear about the stuff now? Bill O'Reilly was saying all of it like word for word, and I, you know, I think that those people don't get it at all and i could like to you know tell you why or whatever but more importantly it's the same thing so it's Mm -hmm. all kind of you know went full circle in a lot of ways um but when you talk about like whether you defend it or not it's like that's one thing that i've gotten the habit of not doing because if you look at um most normal people they don't like think like that like if you talk to any you know, whatever super woke person you talked about like Dave Portnoy from Barstool, they'd be like, Oh, that guy's like a Trump guy, conservative, the Nelk boys. They all these, you know, if you just talk to any normal person, they go, Oh, the fucking Barstool guy, that guy rules. You know what I mean? I love his pizza review. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things where you think that like you matter and you think that your thing matters more and not Mm. just you, like everyone. So I think that, and you, it's it's so easy to like lose touch with what people actually think because of those like loud people, but normal people don't really, even the, you know, even like Rob Schneider, he's like gone full conservative. He's yelling and screaming on Twitter all day long, whatever. And it's like, if you talk to 95% of people, they'd be like, Oh, do speak low. Yeah. yeah, Like from the Sandler movies. They don't know. No one cares. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, uh, it's almost like living like two different lives, you know? Um, yeah it's it's strange and but the that's the thing about this speech thing and the thing about the cancel stuff it's like you know and i guess it could be good or bad but like at the end of the day no one cares like if you're you're the guy that you know got caught stealing something and the king's cutting off your hands and you're like out there being like isn't anyone gonna help me and everyone's like Mm. no one cares no one's sticking their neck out so it just kind of like that is kind of the nature of the thing right yeah well um so you do a bunch of different stuff you do stand up you do uh sketch comedy you do man on the street stuff uh we had a question about you doing man on the street stuff have if you've ever uh been uh, attacked or um assaulted or or anything like that i used to be like way crazier like when i was doing my old tv shows uh the whole game was like go to places get kicked out and get in fights and i was i was like a wild boy when i was like you know, 20 playing in bands doing this stuff and making like these crazy DVDs of, you know, cops. And st- I, I used to be like a master of people coming and uh, yelling at me and then being able to take the memory card out and replace it with a new memory card without them looking like I, and then pretend, show them me deleting the footage. So that was way more tumultuous now, then. Whereas nowadays, I, I think it's, I, I, I don't have that as much, but um People, I think people always say one thing people always say to me, they go, oh, you probably you do 80 interviews to get that one interview. And I'm like, I don't. I like use nine out of 10 of the ones I do. Mm. Um, Another question someone wants to know is uh, about the T-shirts that you use in your videos. Are those do you already have those or do you have to? I have this kid in uh, China that works for me full time and (laughs) 
It's kind of like the monkeys on a keyboard thing where if he comes up with enough t-shirts, like one of them will strike me as a good video. <laughs> like he has just so many combinations of t-shirts and then eventually <laughs> one of them, I'm like, you're right. That would be a funny video. So he kind of writes my videos while making my t-shirts from a, a little, a uh, little studio that I got in Shanghai. Oh shit. But, no, I, I just, uh, I have a, a guy that makes my merch that lives in New York. And when I have like a, a two t-shirt idea, I just like tell him like, hey, dude, could, can you make me these? And he'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll pick them up tomorrow. And pretty simple as that. Right. Well, you you took merch to a whole new level when you got that tattoo, right? Didn't yeah, you get boys yeah. cast? Yeah. You, by the way, with the t-shirts, there it is because I'm doing these like t-shirts for my videos, which is like rule one of selling a lot of merch, you know, have make slogans, all that stuff. But the problem is all my t-shirts are two t-shirts. You know, like, well, Grace, it was so- You need a buddy, yeah. That's the thing, right? And no one wants to just wear a shirt that says this radical right or whatever, yeah. yeah or just racist walking around. Yeah, yeah, never Trump, always Trump. So it actually isn't working because I, I need to do like one t-shirt videos so then I could go sell that t-shirt. That's like the rule one of marketing that I'm stupid with. Also, I'm looking um, at I'm looking at like the woke, wokest and, and racist and it's like, they seem pretty simple to make. Like, like yeah. the, the idea of someone's like 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. 10 seconds to make like, so someone's like, no, but this is fucking Ryan long. Yeah. We got to have it from him. This yeah. Is there's official. No, this is sweat. His sweats on this. No proprietary value. I've yeah. had a few people on my Patreon that asked me to send them stuff. And I did because they donated like a lot or whatever. Oh, that's cool. Any like, but, uh, uh, like only yeah. fans kind of stuff. Anything yeah. Get, get crazy like that. <laughs> Dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I, I think you're the, you're the right guy to tell this too. Um, I don't know why you're the right guy to tell us. I just want to tell you, but I have, I don't know if anyone's going to believe this. I have beautiful feet. Nice dude. I, I have beautiful you know. feet. Every single girl. And I've you're ever... wondering how I can, you can monetize that. Exactly. Because I have beautiful feet. I have a deep voice and I can. Beautiful I can guys. Make... Feet don't do anything though, man. You're in the wrong game. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, unless you want to go to the gay market. I mean, that's just like what it is. Well, I mean, if it's just me, you know, just talking dirty over footage of my feet to who? Girls, you think girls will want to see that? I don't know anybody, man. No, because I think guys are like so gross yeah. that we, you know, we're that type of guy that's, you know, guys are like, oh, look at that elbow. Yeah. 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 Then we think like, oh, girls must be like that with us. And they're like, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> no, some I, of them pretend they are, but they're not like, oh, look at this guy. Dude, I'm, this, this is how, this is how like gross I am where um, I got a, a sleep guard. Um, because I grind my teeth, I got a nice, sleep guard. Dude, that's so sexy. No, and I brought it back and I put it in my mouth and I was thinking, oh, dude, my wife's going to think this is so fucking hot. And then I was like, <laughs> it's like, no, You're there's thinking no, she's you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, I would think it was hot. Like anything, you know, if my wife was in like a fucking neck brace, like, oh my God, it's so, it's so hot. Oh, she's in yeah. a body cast. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Ryan, before, before I let you go. Um, so this is your first year. Uh, and a little change uh, in the U.S. Uh, you came here. What a fucking year for you, man, to come the here. Weirdest like, year, yeah. <laughs> not, not not only the weirdest, like the weirdest year, but also like like you've been like so successful. It's so great to see. Thanks, like you, dude. For for people who who just know you from from your videos, like like you 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 put so much into it, man. And it's I'm so happy to see you know just uh, everything that's coming your way. 
So. Appreciate it, brother. There's only uh there's not that many people that you see that like know how to do the video thing. You know, I see like no. the fun, it's a lot of the funniest comics. They, and you watch their videos and you're like, they can't do that. It's a different thing. So that's why me and, you know, you started like chatting even before I moved here. Cause I saw you guys as one of the few people in the world that knew how to kind of, you know, hit that vein and, and keep the pacing right. And, you know, your casting and the way that even like, you know, you'd always have cool locations. Like I just, you know, you know how to do it. So there's not that many of them in the world, which is cool. Uh, and if any of them are coming up, we got to fucking destroy them. I mean, that's if, <laughs> if we can cancel them in some way. Um, I got to uh, steal. I, there's a few like young YouTubers and I was like, fuck, dude, how much can I pay you to just like be my editor? Because like that's the only way, in my opinion, to get like a really good editor is you got to poach a young YouTuber that knows how to do it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um so any any young youtubers out there i know one or two not any there's a few there's a few dude, I, i've only had you few you proud i've only had three times in my whole life that i've worked with an editor that um they they did something you know we did something together and they edited it and i was like sick like yo cool you know what i mean this is mm. impressive and two of them were YouTubers and one of them was a, you know, a very popular like director who's kind of done the same stuff as, you know, Jeremy had his own TV shows and whatever, all that kind of stuff. And those are the only three people that I've ever worked with where I saw that everyone else, I saw their edit and you're like, yeah, I mean, you know how to edit, but like, you know, there's no magic here. There's no, you know, no, you I believe that. You didn't yeah. create anything. Yeah. That's why I've been working with like the same people for years and years. It's yeah. Just, you find someone it's tough, tough yeah. to find another person, especially for sketch comedy right on dude well, the same guy made like tim and eric uh portlandia like that was like the you know the editor an editorial voice of like one guy you know mm. so all right well uh ryan where can we uh where can we find your stuff i do <clears throat> i do a podcast called the boys cast with ryan long every friday and i release a sketch every monday morning at youtube.com slash ryan long comedy and my socials all of them are at ryan long comedy